It's the Full Court Press with Eric Franson and Jason Walker. Welcome back to the, uh, you know, to the to the show that we're doing right now. Following the local teams, breaking down the biggest games with in-depth analysis and team interviews. There's going to be much higher expectations, sense of awareness of what uh, we bring to the table. Join the show by calling into 435-752-1069 or text 435-339-0321. It's the Full Court Press. Throws, ends up, yes. caught, touchdown, did he get it? Welcome back, Full Court Press. Jason Walker, Jason Walker with you here. If I can say my own say my own name, oh geez, must be a Friday. Must be a Friday if I can't talk. Which that's a good thing. I always want a Friday it means we're that much closer to the weekend. Hopefully, some of you have already gotten yourself off work and are now starting to enjoy the weekend and are getting ready for Utah State against New Mexico. Um, on Saturday, again, one thirty kickoff. You can listen to uh, game day here on KVNU. Simulcast uh, right here on 106.9 The Fan. So, lots to be excited for, at least lots to be excited for this week where it looks like Utah State's going to maintain some momentum or at least build some momentum toward becoming bowl eligible. Whereas they've pretty much lost the chance to win a Mountain West title. Mathematically, we went through the math earlier in the show, they are still in it technically, but it would require a very unlikely set of circumstances. Basically, it would require Wyoming and Boise State losing all of their games with basically the one exception of Wyoming. Half of the Wyoming and Boise State still play each other. This, well, they will play each other in a couple weeks. Wyoming would have to beat Boise State, and then outside of that game, Wyoming and Boise State would have to lose all of their games. That's the only... And then Utah State would have to win out. They'd have to beat New Mexico, um, Hawaii, which both of those are pretty likely. Then they'd have to beat San Jose State and Boise State. It's a pretty unlikely situation. But hey, stranger things have actually happened. And, you know, last year Utah State got in with only two conference losses, but they were helped along the way. They, they had two conference losses, made the Mountain West title game. This year they still only have two conference losses, Wyoming and UNLV. So we'll, we'll see how it goes. Um, wanted to talk a little bit um, about the high school football games. I was originally planning on ending the, the first hour with some predictions of the high school football games for this upcoming season. Uh, I didn't end up getting to that rolled over a bit on some of my other stuff. But looking at the two games, so first off we have Ridgeline against Crimson Cliffs. It's the one-seed Crimson Cliffs, four-seed Ridgeline. And you also have number two-seed Desert Hills against number six-seed Mountain Crest. So those are your two 4A semifinal football games. Here as these teams vie for the state title. The last two state titles have come back to uh, Cache Valley, Ridgeline and Skyview. 
Both of them went undefeated their respective seasons. Just wiped the floor with everyone. This year, Region 10 has the top two seeds. Actually, the top three seeds. Ridgeline was the highest-seeded team from Region 11, and they were fourth. Didn't even get a first-round bye. They've had to fight every week to get to here. Uh, they won their games, I think. They won their first game 24-0. They won their next game like 41-20, I think. And I actually forgot who they played. I want to say Snow Canyon. But a lot of these run together because I also have all the volleyball um, bat bracket in my head where Ridgeline actually took care of business and won state in volleyball. So Ridgeline looking for another state title here, this one in football. And just to get into that game first, I think of the two, this will be closer. Um, Ridgeline, they have at least the capacity to stick with Crimson Cliffs. The Crimson Cliffs is a, you know, they're a high-scoring team, both them and Desert Hills, high-scoring teams with uh, capable defenses. So Ridgeline can make big plays, and they have a really good defense. I think Ridgeline's defense is really underrated. Doesn't, we haven't ta- I haven't talked about it enough. You know, I, I keep raving about Mountaincrest defense, but Ridgeline's defense, at least as much as I've talked about it, has been underrated. Now, some of you may, may not be underrating it because you've probably seen it a lot more than I have. And so I, I think Ridgeline certainly has a chance. I think this will be the closer of the two. They are, they've been a pretty consistent team. They've been consistently good. They've struggled a little bit. They struggled in their early uh, you know, non-region. They lost to Skyview pretty badly. And that ended up costing them the region title. But still, they're a good team. And good teams have chances to win games, even when they're playing great teams. Uh, like like uh, Crimson Cliffs looks like. Still, even with that said, I think Crimson Cliffs will win this one somewhat comfortably. Uh Probably a touchdown or two. If it's a low-scoring game, they'll probably win by 7 or 10 points. But I think their, their offense is just going to be a little too much. They have talented guys. They are capable of putting up points against anybody, including a good ridgeline defense. And so I think Crimson Cliffs is going to come out of this one comfortably and advance to the title game. Don't like predicting your Region 11 teams lose, but thems be the facts. Crimson Cliffs is a lot better on paper, and sometimes... That's just what I got to go with. Uh, Desert Hills and Mountain Crest. You know, last week, my prediction of Mountain Crest, potentially, I, I shouldn't say it wasn't, my, it wasn't my prediction that Mountain Crest would win. It was a feeling that Mountain Crest had a real chance to win despite it being a three versus six matchup. I saw weaknesses in Dixie based off what I could tell. Granted, my in-depth stats can be a little limited, or in-depth look can be limited, because a lot of times based off of, you know, trying to parse out, you know, matchups, you know, how much do they score, how much do they give up, different things like that, trends that I can find. And when I was doing all that digging, as much as I, you know, as much digging as I can do with the limited information available, I felt like I saw some weaknesses in Dixie. They were the three seed. Dixie has a win over over Crimson Cliffs this year. The top seed, they had a Dixie beat Crimson Cliffs. But still, I felt I saw some weaknesses that Mountcrest could exploit. Dixie weren't a super high-scoring team. And if you're not a super high-scoring team, Mountcrest can certainly take advantage because they'll hold you below that even with their good defense 
And if Mountain Crest offense could do enough, I felt they could win. And they did. They won 28-21. It was a little higher scoring than I would have thought a Mountain Crest upset would look like. I figured if there was an upset by Mountain Crest, it would end up being a, you know, like a 14-10 game. It was 28-21. It's a little surprising there. But I was not surprised at all when Mountain Crest won because there was part of me that wanted to uh, predict a win. I didn't have the, the, uh, the guts to do it. So I only get partial credit. Because I still thought Dixie was going to come out with that. Um, but the problem is, and the reason I bring that up, is because I don't see the same weaknesses in Desert Hills. Dixie were a lot lower scoring team. Desert Hills is not. They throw up points in the 40. You know, they, they're all over the place on the scoreboard. Or I shouldn't say all over the place. They're usually in one place, and that's the 30s and 40s. They put up points, and Mountain Crest can certainly hold them back. It's possible. Mountain Crest rarely gives up points. But the thing is, even if Desert Hills only scores in the high 20s, which would be lower for them, can Mountain Crest once again score a lot of points? Now, they've been able to do that the last few weeks, but two of those were against Bear River. And then they score the 28 points against Dixie. And against a team that probably has a slightly better defense and a much better offense than Dixie, can Mountain Crest again find you know something going in that offense? And unfortunately, I think the answer is going to be no. Like I said, I thought Ridgeline versus Crimson Cliffs will be the closer of the two games. And so I think Desert Hills... There's a chance they blow out Mountain Crest. Um, I don't like predicting blowouts in playoff games. But, again, there's a reality that Crimson Cliffs and Desert Hills have performed better consistently than Ridgeline and Mountain Crest. There's a chance for the one-game magic, but I, I see Ridgeline having a bigger chance of doing that than Mountain Crest. So I think Ridgeline will keep it close. Mountain Crest, not so much. I think Desert Hills is just going to hold down Mountain Crest offense just well enough. That, again, if, even if they only score 24, 28 points, it'll be, you know, 24-7, 28-10. Pretty comfortable three-possession win. For Ridgeline, they can probably keep it within one or two possessions with Crimson Cliffs, but probably still losing uh, Crimson Cliffs and Desert Hills. Probably coming away with comfortable wins in the 4A semifinals. Now, if you want to listen, and probably since this is how things go, my predictions end up going awry, if you want to listen live, as fate may very well taunt me with my predictions and make me wrong on both occasions, if you want to listen in, the Ridgeline against Crimson Cliffs game, you can hear that on 104.5 The Ranch. Uh, I believe we're going to have something on Cash Valley Daily. It may not be a video stream like we usually have because there's different rights things. With that, we may still have an audio component that plays on the website. Won't be any visuals, but there, there may very well be an audio stream coming from the website, cashvalleydaily.com. You can also get it on the Cash Valley Daily app. Um, it's that first game, Ridgeline and Crimson Cliffs, will kick off at 4 p.m. on Saturday. And then the second game, so this is a doubleheader. They're playing these games at SUU. So if you want to go to the game, you can go to SUU, travel 
a few hours. Eric Franson will actually be at at least one of these games, I believe. Since he's down in southern Utah, he told me he's looking to go to at least one of these games. Um, but the second game kicks off at 7. That's the Mountain Crest Desert Hills game. You can hear that one on 107.7. And, again, you can check for an audio component on CashValleyDaily.com. Again, the website or the app, there's links to those uh, in, both, uh, in both locations. So we're going to take a quick break here. When we come back, we'll close out our portion of the show talking about the Utah Jazz, previewing their game today against the Lakers and also on Sunday against the Clippers since they'll play two games before we come back on the full court press on Monday. So we'll have that, the Utah Jazz, after this on the full court press in 106.9 The Fan. This is Jay with Daryl's Appliance. This Saturday is our 52nd annual fall sale, our biggest sale of the year. Get Black Friday pricing Saturday from 9 a.m. to 6 p.m. Plus, when you buy more, you save more. Up to a $500 instant rebate on select purchases. Wait, there's more. Triple dip in savings with an additional Daryl's exclusive mail-in rebate. Save up to $800 more on select purchases. Save 30 to 50% on scratch and dent appliances. Financing available. Plus, you get our service backing every sale. Listen for a live radio broadcast Saturday from 10 to 1. Daryl's West on Airport Road. You have to see it to believe it. The new Three Peaks Medical Plaza is Cache Valley's newest and most up-to-date medical facility. Cache Valley Ear, Nose, and Throat, the Allergy Clinic, and the Hearing Aid Center are now located in the Three Peaks Medical Plaza in North Logan. The entire staff and doctors Benyon, Blotter, and Robinette look forward to helping you and your family at this state-of-the-art medical facility. Cache Valley Ear, Nose, and Throat is now located in Providence and Three Peaks Medical Plaza, 2245 North 400 East in North Logan. Go to cachevalleyent.com for details. Most insurance products in including select med are accepted. The Cash Valley Media Group Logan Holiday Gift Show is presented by Coppins Hallmark Friday and Saturday, November 11th and 12th at the Riverwoods Conference Center. It is the perfect place to kick off your holiday shopping. Ideas and treats for the entire family. Clothing, books, jewelry, purses, home and holiday decor, baby items, and don't miss everyone's favorite guest, Santa. <laughs> the Logan Holiday Gift Show presented by Coppins Hallmark Friday and Saturday, November 11th and 12th at the Riverwoods Conference Center. Start your holiday shopping off right. Advanced Heating and AC, the two-time gold medal winner in Best in Northern Utah. They're teaming up with Carrier Heating and Cooling. Carrier provides you the best furnace units available, and now's the best time to buy a new unit before the weather turns Cash Valley cold. Financing options are available. Turn to the experts at Advanced Heating and Carrier. Advanced Heating and Air Conditioning, 752-7272, or stop by their showroom west of DI, and online at advancedheating-ac.com. We're not comfortable until you are Advanced Heating and Air. Are you a small business owner? Who's your bank? This is Bruce Rigby. I want to invite you to bank with us at Cash Valley Bank. We specialize in helping small business, and we have great people. That's the Cash Valley Bank difference. Decisions made locally, without all the red tape, by people who care and know how to help small business. Cash Valley Bank, growing, expanding, and proud to have our roots firmly planted in Cash Valley. Cash Valley Bank, member FDIC. This is Logan City Police Chief Gary Jensen. Scammers are continuing to target people in the Cache Valley. Fraudsters often threaten with arrest, withholding medical care for loved ones, or offer to sell or purchase items at discounted or inflated prices. Many of these scams often involve third-party gift cards or other money exchanging services. If you receive an offer or are threatened like this with immediate punishment unless you comply, hang up and call the police to report it. Please do not become a victim. 
Northern Utah and Southern Idaho's home for sports. It's the Full Court Press on Sports Talk Radio, 106.9 FM, 1390 AM. The Fan. Mountain West Motors selection of trucks and SUVs has been specially customized for your next adventure, whether it's hauling trailers, kids, roaming the mountains. Mountain West Motor has a unique selection of vehicles. You can visit mwmotor.com or you can stop by 615 North Main Street in Logan. So, got to talk about the Utah Jazz as we close out the show here. We'll have This Week in the Mountain West starting at about 5.30. And uh, they'll, they'll take you to the end of the 5 o'clock hour for us. I'll be heading out a little early on Fridays, as we usually do. Um, but again, one of the talks about some Utah Jazz. Since they play two games over the weekend, starting today, um... They're like a three-game L.A. road trip, or they maybe they're coming back for the third one. They play the Lakers today, the Clippers Sunday, and then they play the Lakers again. And I can't remember if that third game is being played in L.A. Going to double-check. Oh, it's being played in Utah, so they're going to have a two-game L.A. trip, and then they're going to come back and play the Lakers on Monday the 7th. So it's actually going to be a back-to-back. They'll play on Sunday against the, the Clippers, Monday against the Lakers. So this first one, um, the Lakers, they're actually on a bit of a hot streak for you know whatever it is for them. I think they started 0-5. Now they're 2-5. They defeated the Nuggets. Uh, 121-110, actually. They beat them pretty good. You know, what is a decent Nuggets team? They also beat what is expected to be a decent New Orleans team. They beat them 120-117 to 117 in overtime. So the Lakers have some momentum. And uh, maybe some shooting. We'll see. You know, their big thing is they've been one of the worst shooting teams in NBA history, though they certainly reversed that trend against the Nuggets. You know, the game where they won pretty handily. They shot 43.3% from deep. 13 of 30, which is by far their best game. I don't know if they have another game as a team over 30% from three. Uh, now, against the Pelicans, they weren't as good. I mean, that was the game went to overtime, and they, they only won by three. Uh, that game, they only shot 27.8. But the thing is, they got a big game out of Lonnie Walker. He got pretty hot where he had 28 points. And he actually was fine from three. He went five of nine from three. Granted, LeBron went 0 for 7 from three in that game. But still, Lonnie Walker having a great game. Gave the Lakers kind of a third star. I think Lonnie Walker led the team in points with 28. And then I think LeBron had 20. And Anthony Davis had like 21 or 22 or something like that. So they basically got themselves a third star in that game where Russell Westbrook, you know, has been coming off the bench. Um, And the thing is, Anthony Davis, who is... 
Well, he's been around for these games. He's been somewhat healthy. He's been on a roll. I think he missed one game a few games back. But uh, he's averaging 21.8 points, 13.8 rebounds. So he's coming on strong so far. Granted, that's not always meant something because, again, they lost five in a row to start the year. But against the Jazz, who are a bit weaker on the inside, they don't have really strong rim protecting. What they do have right now is Walker Kessler, who comes off the bench, who, you know, his calling card as far as being um, good defensively is that he leads, is, he's tied for the lead among rookies in blocks per game. He averages 1.3. And he has been decent in terms of the analytics on defense, but it's really only decent. He's not stopping anybody. And he's coming off the bench, so he may not be playing against Anthony Davis all that much. The, the lineup that will take on Anthony Davis a lot, you'll be seeing a lot of Vander, Jared Vanderbilt at the four. He'll probably guard Anthony Davis more. Um, well, or maybe he'll guard LeBron. It'll depend because you'll have LeBron James and Anthony Davis probably at the four and the five. And then the Jazz, their front court lineup will be Jared Vanderbilt and Kelly Olynyk. Like, is that going to be the thing to stop the Lakers? So even if the Lakers don't shoot very well, they may very well get shots at the rim at will. And if that happens, then, you know, you're done. Because if teams can get layups, it doesn't matter how well they shoot, you know, three-pointers. Because the law of the NBA is you want to lay up on every possession. Like, for all the talk of everyone wanting to shoot threes no matter what, the reason that teams shoot so many threes is because you can't guard the entire three-point line, so that's one of the easiest shots to get. Usually, somebody's open from three. And the way teams are shooting now, it can become an incredibly efficient shot. But by far, the single best shot in the NBA, and every coach will tell you this 10 days, 10 days of the week, it's still a layup. And you want a layup. And the Lakers have a couple of guys in LeBron James and Anthony Davis who are good at getting to the rim and finishing at the rim. And if the Jazz can't clog the paint, which that'll be their, their strategy, because the reason the Lakers are 2-5, and five, even with two good finishers, is because teams just clog the paint and nobody, can pun- and nobody else on the Lakers can punish teams for just having five guys with a foot in the paint. So for the Jazz, it'll very much be clogging the lane and forcing tough contests and not fouling LeBron and AD. So that'll be the key for that game. If they can do that, they can win, which... I don't know, it's weird talking about these games and feeling like, okay, the Jazz should win because I came into the year saying, all right, they're going to lose and I'm going to hope they lose. Well, now, like, when they lost to the Mavericks, I got mad. It's like, why didn't you win? Partly because even though I'd like to see the Jazz tank, I'd like to see them go for a top five pick, there's still a competitive fire that when I'm watching the game, I'm like, come on, Jazz, win. You got to win. Even though part of me is like, well, don't you want them to lose so they can have a good pick and actually win a title? So right now on the radio, I'm breaking down, hoping the Jazz win, even though, you know, deeper inside of me, I'm wanting to see the Jazz maybe lose this game and maybe lose a few more and end up in the bottom five lottery odds. But, you know, if they lose this game, then, you know, there's another game against the Los Angeles Clippers. Again, they're playing Sunday. That could be a tough one. Now, the Clippers this year, they're 4-4. Four and four. 
They had a four-game losing streak this season. It's actually bookended by a couple of two-game win streaks. Right now, they're on one of those. So they're on one of those two-game win streaks. Uh, they've been without Kawhi Leonard. I think the last game. Um, on the 31st of October, I believe it was announced then that Kawhi Leonard was going to miss three games. That isn't really going to impact the Jazz all that much because Kawhi Leonard's return date, if he misses three games, he's set to return against the Jazz. Now, he's been coming off the bench, I think, most of the games this season, if not all of them. His minutes have been really restricted. I think he's averaging like 21 minutes per game he's been in. So he's not having a huge impact. But Paul George is certainly doing all right. Paul George having a good season. I think he's averaging something like 24 points so far this season. Uh, 22 points. You know, leading the Clippers. And the, and the Clippers just always seem to quietly be the one team that nobody pays attention to. But, ev- like, it's the hot take to always say that the Clippers are going to be, you know, better than they are. The Clippers have basically been like a slightly better version of the Timberwolves where everyone wants to pick them to make the jump. I guess maybe I should compare them to the Browns because they keep bringing in all these like star players and good players and everyone expects them to make a jump. Like, finally, they're going to make the jump. They're going to be actual contenders. And they never do. Maybe compare them to the San Diego Chargers or the LA Chargers where everyone wants to pick them to be good, but they never actually capitalize. And some of that's been health. Last year, they missed Kawhi Leonard for like the entire season. And they are getting older. Paul George is 32. I think Kawhi Leonard, he's on the wrong side of 30 as well. So it's probably now or never for the Clippers, who sold a lot to get this roster. And maybe they have a chance. The Golden State Warriors, they're not doing so good. Um, I picked them to win the NBA Finals. I'm not looking very smart. I thought them returning just about everyone was going to be a good thing. I guess maybe not. Maybe that locker room's in shambles after one of their teammates decked another one. But, you know, that's, that's the weekend for the Jazz. They'll play the Lakers. They'll play the Clippers. Should probably beat the Lakers. Just kind of up in the air with the Clippers, where the Clippers have been a decent team. They've not been a great team, but they've been a decent team. And with Kawhi Leonard coming back, they'll certainly be a little bit better. That'll do it for uh, me here on the Full Court Press. We'll be back on Monday. Eric Franson will be back with us. Have a good weekend, everybody.